The Start On Demand. On demand. Over the course of being on the air for four hours this morning, we did learn that indeed the Canada-U.S. border will be temporarily closed for all non-essential travel. We also learned when Justin Trudeau spoke at a live news conference towards the end of our show that there is going to be a massive $82 billion economic stimulus package, including $27 billion in direct support for workers and businesses. In this podcast, we're going to talk about changes to daycare, daycares closing as of Friday afternoon. We also want to talk about fitness because many gyms are now closed. So how do you stay active during this era of self-isolation? And 25% of small businesses say they will not survive a 30-day shutdown. I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb and this is the Wednesday, March 18th podcast for The Start. Text message at 204-780-6868 from Don. It's a meme that reads, You might be a redneck if your face mask is made of coffee filters and duct tape. (laughs) And it's a picture of a woman who actually has a coffee filter duct taped to her face. Like the duct tape wraps around the back of her neck and onto the front. I, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure science would not back up that look, but people are doing bizarre things. I don't know if you've noticed more people just wearing those face masks, like the simple ones that you can buy that we've said over and over again. Doctors aren't sure if they have any effect in protecting you from the virus. I had to make a stop at the store yesterday. It was for an essential purchase. And the woman coming out of the store that I faced was wearing like what looked like to be a welding visor. <laughs> oh my god! And a full—it was like a surgical suit. And I get it; like people are nervous, and so they're doing what they can to protect themselves. And I, I, I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like, where's your balance of, of protecting yourself and then coming to the store? Because I also saw people at the store like still, you know, buying chips and things. I'm not saying, hey, I want chips too. I'm not knocking that. But if you're worried about your safety to the extent that you're gonna put on a welding mask, but then what are you buying at the store that you need so badly? Like Do you I, really need those jalapeno cheddar uh, kettle chips? Like some might argue, yes, those are delightful chips. Yeah. Great crunch. Yeah. Love that spice. Yeah, the kettle is... Uh, the is kettle's the way real. to go, yeah. actually. But you noticed even some uh, like some behavioral changes at the grocery store, right? Yeah, well, Fortune and I were just talking, Jeff and I, about the idea that I had to make this stop. I needed to get something for home, and, and it wasn't like I was just going in to get some basil to spice up my supper. Not that I'm knocking that either. <laughs> It's just that, you know, you're making a choice. Like, do I really need to go in? And if everyone's recommending self-isolate. But I was looking. um, So I was passing through the meat section and looked. I was like, oh, wow, there's no chicken left and there's no ground beef. And this was at a Walmart. And so I leaned over this freezer just to see what was in it. And there's this woman behind me. Like, you know, you feel like you're being followed. And I look back and she's a good three meters back. And so I leaned in. I was like, okay, there's nothing there. Went around the freezer. She stepped a few steps closer. And I looked back again. And then I moved around to the farther side of farthest side of the freezer, and then she finally moved in to grab the food she wanted. And I thought, oh, okay, good. She's keeping her distance until I move out of the way. But then Fortier was saying he was in line at the store yesterday, and that's what bugged him was how close everybody was getting, the opposite side yeah, of things. Yeah, the, the guy behind me, like, he was so close, I could almost feel his breath on me, and it's just like, uh, you know, I wanted you want to turn around and be like, yeah, can you back up a bit? But you know, you don't want to be rude and like what's being rude. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird that the things that we're now having to think about are just when you go to the grocery store and you pick something up and then they say you put it back down. Uh, I feel guilty doing that because I think, well, I've touched this now. Uh, but as well, uh, I'm sort of just thinking like, oh, I, do, I, I picked up a basket at the grocery store yesterday mm-hmm. and it looked dirty. You know, I'm just, you know, you're noticing things that you weren't noticing or even bothering to think about before. Yeah, I went to go buy a couple things over the weekend and this guy stopped to help me because I'm short and it was on the top shelf. And he said, can I grab that for you? And part of me wanted to say no. <laughs> right? Uh, no, get out of here, dis- man. But then I just let him and I put it in my cart and then I stressed about it the whole way home. But we have to, these are the kinds of things we're all thinking and it really is helpful to just keep revisiting the articles and the experts that we've talked to, but the idea that it's not an airborne thing. You're not going to get it if you pass by someone. You have to be in close contact for what they believe is more like 10 minutes and, and close contact is within two meters. And so just to keep reminding yourself of that, on the other hand, we don't know how long it lives on surfaces, which is why we're all wiping down surfaces more, handles, all those kinds of things. And so you have to keep going back to what you've read and what we know to calm yourself down because then I'm going to find I'm going to turn into that jerk that's like, don't you dare touch, touch that taco. I'll get that taco thing myself. <laughs> well, Mackling has joined us now. Greg is working from home today, was having some difficulties connecting, but the technology at last, Greg, has succeeded. Yeah, it was failing me for a few moments there. I had it all ready to go about 5.30, and then I came and I sat down at my makeshift workstation, my mini studio here, and I could hear nothing. So I apologize. Uh, You can mark me tardy. (laughs) It's okay. Do I have to go to the office? Do I have to get a late slip now? The even better part was that I phoned him up to help him out, and then I thought, why am I trying to help him out? I was like, "Uh, you should uh, like take that cord and then pull the thingy out and then... Plug it back in, and if you get that thingy back in, that should work, Mackley. And he's like, does, does, have you done this before? And I was like, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know some IT person somewhere is saying, you know what? If you just power off, power back up, right, Mackley? That's exactly right. I don't know if you have a future in tech support with now, <laughs> but your advice did uh, work out absolutely perfectly. So I'm just basically uh, trying to catch up to you guys. And and uh, the whole spirit of the day, I, w- I had to go and get dog food yesterday and uh, wanted to make sure that we had uh, just one extra bag of dog food. And man, were they cleaning the store. I was so impressed. Uh, the young ladies that were working there, they were cleaning that store top to bottom. And that's something that you're hearing a lot of reports of people that are that are that are cleaning and and going that extra mile just to make everyone feel comfortable when they come into a premise that they are taking those extra steps to to make you feel comfortable on that front. We got an email from someone this morning, uh, Brett, just about the idea. That I think that she had said they had gone to a Salisbury house and um, that they were uh, people coming in to the door were being limited to the number of people of restaurant because they wanted to spread them out and that the table was really clean. There was nothing left on the table, so you weren't sharing salt shakers or those kinds of things, but they would bring you, say, two creamers to the table, not the whole bowl of creamers. And then she went on to say she's never seen uh, some of these places so clean. They smell so fresh and clean because of, of those extra steps that are being taken. And so it's it's comforting to see it, and then it's a reminder of sort of that risk that's out there too. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on 680 CJOB as we continue continue to navigate the murky waters that is 
COVID-19. And the number of COVID-19 cases in Manitoba has nearly doubled in the last 24 hours. Yesterday morning, we were telling you about eight confirmed cases. Then yesterday afternoon, the province released information of seven new positive presumptive patients, meaning the total number now stands at 15. So here's what we know about those new cases. Two of the patients are in the Southern Health region. The province is still looking into their travel backgrounds to try and determine where they may have come from, if there's a travel history or if something else is going on. That news, of course, came as health officials yesterday announced there would be more restrictions. So casinos, they're now closed and licensed daycares have been told to shut their doors by the end of day Friday. At this time, I would encourage uh, parents to, as many of them have been doing, to keep their children home, but also offer the fact that, again, schools and in-school child care facilities will be available for those Manitobans who don't have such uh, child care options until Friday, uh, March 20th. In addition, home day cares uh, will continue to be available. We are working with uh, our school systems, our superintendents and teachers to make sure that we're creating learning plans and that we are able to continue to offer learning opportunities uh, using the many distance learning options that are now available in our new world. Premier Brian Pallister said they're also working on a plan to help frontline workers with their daycare needs, recognizing that there are many Manitobans who still have to go to work in hospitals, clinics, or seniors' homes, and they will still need help with their kids so that they can continue to help us. Global's Joe Scarpelli now with the reaction from within the child care community. And actually, Greg, uh, just an apology on that. I forgot to drop the clip in for Joe Scarpelli. Uh, so we'll get to that in a moment. Lorenz just run out to the newsroom to grab that. I uh, just want to add a quick sidebar, and then we'll revisit this here because we got a text. We were talking about that coffee filter face mask and uh, one of our listeners made a good point saying maybe the face mask even though it doesn't stop from stop you uh, from getting the virus it might serve as a reminder to not touch your face Uh, so we'll get to that in a moment but now here is that joe scarpelli story thanks to loren mcnab who just darted out to the newsroom and back in like 10 seconds flat she set a, a land speed record i think so here we go daycare directors i spoke with are relieved they now have the green light from the province to shut down after friday we're happy that they finally decided to follow the science of social distancing it's impossible to socially distance two-year-olds and children in childcare. We just don't have the space for it. But there are still many questions like what it all means for parents. I don't know what it means for you yet. We're still waiting for the province to let us know what they're authorizing us to do. Now a much different story for home daycares. They are to remain open and one home provider says she can't afford to shut down without direction from the province. So we are living into two, choosing either our health or our income here. The province says it isn't aware of any COVID-19 cases in any schools or daycares in Manitoba. So a lot has changed in the last few hours, and this is going to keep happening. The province is now recommending people stay away from large gatherings of no more than 50 people. Earlier this week, the number that was being used was 250, but the number of cases has changed, and so are some of the recommendations. And in homes or smaller spaces, we've heard them say that, you know, you might want to keep gatherings to about 10 people, which is probably one reason why they've advised home daycares that they can stay open because they typically have far fewer kids there. 
But just because home daycares can stay open doesn't mean they will. There might be providers worried for their own safety or or maybe they'll stay open because they're worried about their bottom line. In our own home, we're having conversations right now about whether we can continue to pay our provider if our kids aren't going, Brett. And then there's the question on payment for the centers that have been told to close. We had some parents email yesterday that they're concerned they're going to have to keep paying their licensed daycare facility even though it's closed. The families minister says they, they're, they've consulted the Child Care Association on funding for centers and pay for workers before the suspension of child care centers on Friday. So I would surmise that what's going to happen potentially is that they'll figure out how they're going to keep those facilities funded and then parents won't have to pay the facilities. But there's still lots of questions up in the air because everybody's looking now at their bottom line into how how far it can be stretched if A, your income's changed or B, you're paying for a service you're not getting. Kling, McGarry, McNabb, Jeff Braun is here, Kelly Moore is here, Jeff Fortier coming up at 737. We're going to have a conversation about fitness in a time of no gyms, or we should say most gyms closed. We just got a text at 204-780-6868 from a listener who says, my gym is still open. It almost feels uncomfortable being there, uh, just like my work. So I guess let us know if your gym is still open. But that got us wondering, what is your favorite exercise? And I know at first... When you say those words together, you might think, what? Because for a lot of us, exercise is like walking into a torture chamber. But when you really think about it, there's a lot of, you can have tons of fun exercising. So, In the world of Amore, that counts as exercise, doesn't it? Oh, my God, Jeff Braun. Look at that. Oh, love, I just got that. Oh. We're keeping it clean, McNabb. Sorry Uh, to disappoint. You're one of of those guys who found that article on the weekend that advised that... um, Intercourse was a way to fend off all sorts of diseases, and we're using that as a way to keep things going. You can burn calories and protect yourself against the flu. (laughs) Well, McNabb, why don't we start with you? Oh, really? Because I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so my first instinct was I hate burpees. I hate jumping jacks. I hate those. What do you call those? Um, we have to go back and forth between the lines, like if you're on one yeah, side yeah, of the yeah. gym and the other and then back. But I you do. can't call them what they used to call them. We used to call yeah. them man makers. Right. Yeah. They're person makers. But um, I love swimming. Like I really, really do love swimming. I get a lot out of that. I like Pilates. Like I like things with a deep stretch. And I there's a stair climber, like a not a elliptical, but a stair climber at the gym. The 20 minutes on that makes me feel like I've actually done something for my whole body. And I and I actually enjoy it when I'm on there. Like I I mo before I get on, I go, should I really do these 25 minutes? And yeah. then halfway through, you're like, I'm killing it right now. <laughs> so I like it. I, I was going to say going for a walk, but then you mentioned swimming and it's like, oh, yeah, swimming. I love swimming. And, yeah, that's like me, too. And it's and the good thing about swimming is because like, I'm, I'm one of these profuse sweaters when I do exercise. So at least when you're in the pool. You can just hang out in the pool and cool <laughs> down afterwards, and it's not quite as gross as a lot of other exercises. Yeah, be. it's way better for you than you think. Forte, you like swimming too? Yeah, I do, but I don't do it enough. Dog, you- doggy paddling in the shallow wind? No, no, no. <laughs> I like going for, you know, uh, front crawl, back crawl. Speedo? What else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't own a speedo. I probably should though. So you're naked. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Well, personally, I've enjoyed watching uh, McNabb run up and down the hallways here for the last few days. You know, you hear that clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah, and uh, it, it, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe running the hallway uh, uh, with McNabb, but at a suitable distance. Yes. Maintaining a six foot. Maybe we could start to do laps. I mean, there's. 
there's very few of our fellow employees here now, so we could start to do laps around the. Uh, I, I I like going for walks. Yeah. yeah. To me, and I know it's not uh, certainly the uh, uh, the the calorie burner, or it's going to keep you in great uh, physical shape. But uh, I go for walks more for a, a mental capacity than uh, than the physical part of it. But uh, yeah, that's 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 what I enjoy doing. Mackling. Well, I was, I think I mentioned to you guys, I was feeling kind of stressed this morning. You guys know I deal with anxiety and other mental health issues. And today I could just feel my body kind of fighting back against me. So I did a, a brief sort of calisthenics up in the kitchen this morning just to get things going. And it reminded me of a video that I'd actually retweeted a couple of days ago from Seville, Spain with the people uh, self-isolating there and a, and a workouter. He appears to be very knowledgeable. An instructor got out in the courtyard and directed and sort of coordinated everybody on their balconies <laughs> in a session of calisthenics just to get everybody moving. And so uh, that's something that I've always enjoyed, ironically enough. But for me, it's uh, street football with the with the boys. I get to play quarterback for both for both teams. Nice. So that's my favorite. Okay. Well, I guess for me, well, and Broad mentioned Amore, Tinder Adventures. I'll say no more. Uh, swimming, I like that. Although I, I need can, more. That's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get. But uh, I actually, because I go to Planet Fitness, they have joined Good Life in, in closing. We're getting listeners telling us that their various gyms are still open, but some of the big ones are closed. Planet Fitness is offering at-home exercises, so maybe I should look into that. But I went downstairs, uh, my apartment building, has a gym and a pool with a hot tub and uh, usually when I go to the pool I say I'm going to go swimming and then I'll sit in the hot tub and then I walk in and I dip my toe in the water and, th- and think ah, nah, I'm just going to go sit Next in the hot time. tub but <laughs> when I do go for a swim it feels great unfortunately they've closed both the gym and the pool but in yeah team sports I wish I like I sh- really should get into a basketball league I'm not good at it but I love playing basketball you can't Brett smash people in basketball oh I, I was the, the I was the garbage player I was the, the rebound guy who Bow. Would shove people around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I I could see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I miss team sports. So yeah, Greg, I'm glad you mentioned the street football. Um, do you actually play in the street though, or do you go like yeah. on the boulevard? No, no, we play on the street. We don't really have any boulevards. Oh, yeah, we don't have right. any sidewalks. So uh, yeah, of course you have to mark out the certain driveways, which denote and mark the beginning and the end of the end zones and we play three or four downs for the field we've got all sorts of goofy rules uh but we have a ton of fun with it and uh, i'm missing it right now i think we might have to get that going it's a little icy out there but we can modify i think you should run a couple of post routes mackling just to (laughs) oh trust me i get out there every once in a while you got to do the little flea flicker play where you you know, toss it out to yeah. the receiver and then run out for pass. Don't worry, Kelly. I, I get I get my exercise. Oh, I'm at the age now where the kids have realized I'm not very good at and any of the things that they thought I was good at, right? So it's like, Mom, come play hockey with us all the time. And then the last year, they're like, do you even know how to raise the ball? Do you even raise the puck? Like, no. Well, Eve has do sent you? us a text message that says, and we've actually posted a video showing this exact thing on our 680 CJOB Instagram. Eve says, homemade treadmill, little soap, little water on the floor in front of your kitchen sink and with your bare feet just pedal away until it gets hard it's actually quite an amusing video so you can see it there and scott says i exercise on a continuous basis i think they call it exercise in futility (laughs) (laughs) and we got a great text here which uh, made me smile 
my favorite exercise is a combination of a lunge and crunch. It's called lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well just, done. It's just eating lunch. Yeah. It's a, we, we were joking that there really is no such thing as favorite exercise, but that's not true. And I th- feel like this time of year, there are so many people who started those New Year's resolutions that might be happy that they sort of got things going with their body and are in a routine, and now that's taken away from them. So what can you do from home? And then another big thing my kids ask, because it's their favorite class, well, Mom, if you're helping us at home and teaching us, what about gym class? And I was like, oh, I'm going to run the... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. They wanted to know what's going to happen with gym. I was like, oh, we'll have gym. You're going to put on, like, a pair of shades and maybe a a drill sergeant hat and get a whistle? (laughs) I'm going to rocky it up, like, with a scene where they have to carry buckets filled with cement or something, you know? And, like, (laughs) climb through the snow. Like, and then I'll play play music really loud in the circle. Are you going to talk like Mickey, too? Come on. Yeah. Chase that. Chase after that chicken. Come Come on. on. Come on, rock. Yeah, I'll use tools from the garage. It'll be called garage gym. And they'll have to, like, lift wrenches and different things like that. A garage gym, eh? Yeah. Are are you trying to segue into it? Greg? Come on. Greg, I bet you you've... (laughs) Hey, I know in that garage full of not cars that you have at least 9 to 12 pieces of equipment for workouts. I'm guaranteeing it. I have, <laughs> there is in fact, do you remember <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Norris used to sell this thing? I think it was with Christy Brinkley called the Total Gym. And you would sit on it and you would use your own weight to pull yourself up on this gliding, sliding contraption. It's almost like plyometrics. I, I have one in there, a, a Total Gym. Well, <laughs> boy. Well, maybe you'll dust it off as we move forward here. Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca. Call 204-987-6890. Do you have someone who can take care of your kids after the daycare is closed? Your options are yes, no, or my kids are old enough to be home alone. Cast your vote at cjob.com. We've also put variations of that poll on Twitter at 680CJOB, on our Facebook page. Give us a like there if you haven't done so, and on our Instagram story. Would love for us. Would love for you to follow us there. Yeah, because we've got lots to talk about this morning, and everything is changing day by day, hour by hour. Casinos closed as of uh, midnight today, and then of course we heard about the daycares. The province announcing that they decided to close licensed daycare centers on Friday, but home-based daycares will be allowed to remain open. As public health continues to follow the developments of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we have now made the recommendation to suspend services at Manitoba daycare centers effective end of day Friday. This is consistent with our recommendation to suspend classes in schools from March 23rd to April 10. I want to confirm that we are not aware of any cases in our schools or daycares and we have not seen evidence of community-based transmission in Manitoba. Uh, we know that based on experience of other jurisdictions, the risk is expected to increase in Manitoba, and we're taking these moves in a, an abundance of caution. Now, the province is also looking at ways to assure essential frontline workers with children so that they have childcare options. Lois Coward is the executive director of Niganaki, a daycare in the core area of the city. Lois, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time. Good morning. So we've heard from some daycares that they've seen their numbers really drop this week. What has it been, what's your experience this week in terms of parents who were already choosing not to send their kids, Lois? Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I guess it started on Friday and it just started to go down and down and down. Um, I think people are already 
as soon as they announced the school, um, that's when they started to keep their kids home. So what sorts of clients do you serve, Lois? And what will the, what will the effect of the closure be on them, those that, you know, that still need to go to work? Yeah, we, um, because we're right downtown, uh, we have, gosh, mostly newcomer families and a lot of single parents that go to school. So when the uh, colleges closed, um, then the, the ones that were going to school seemed to, you know, have a handle on it. But we have a lot of families that uh, that work and they're, you know, they're in um, minimum wage jobs. Uh, they're, you know, they're cleaners. They, they work at, you know, coffee shops. And you know, those things aren't closing. <laughs> so I don't know what my parents are going to do. And, and they, um, it's, it's, it's such a catch 22 situation because we want to keep those kids safe. Um, you know, a lot of them have compromised immune systems. Um, and, you know, but then again, we really want to be there to support the family. So it's, it's quite a bittersweet thing. The turmoil that you're feeling, Lois, is felt by so many parents and, and daycare providers like yourself. And then you also have that question about the finances in terms of how does the how do you, how does your center stay uh, viable if money's not coming in? And then parents are they still going to be required to pay? Do you have any answers as to what you're planning? Are you, or will parents still be charged, or does that stop in hopes that the government steps in? Yeah, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, you know, we haven't got a direction from uh, the early learning and childcare program. Um, and we hope that, you know, there's some kind of compensation for that. Um, I mean, if if we were to go without compensation or if they were to cut funding at this point, then, you know, there'd be it'd be catastrophic to the child care community for sure. Uh, but are you still asking parents to pay as it stands right now? Well, we're still waiting for direction on okay. that um, because, you know, if we if we close, um on another day, like say, you know, we, we had a flood a couple of years ago and then we couldn't charge families because we were absolutely close. So this is a suspension of care. So we're still not, we're still waiting kind of for the, the, the real answer. If, if what's going to happen, if the government's going to come in and give us like a subsidy or we have to still charge the parents. I'm thinking about the parents, you know, Lois, uh, you mentioned that these are newcomers, a lot of them to Canada, so they don't necessarily have the support systems that a lot of us have in terms of family okay. to, to call on to fall back on. That, that's true. Um, you know, a lot of the families just came over as themselves, so they don't have extended family. They don't have grandparents or aunties and uncles. Um, it's it's heartwarming to know that as um as different kinds of communities say uh, from their nationality will uh, come together. But it's, it's, it's really difficult because now they're, they're scared that, you know, things are going to be, you know, transmitted or, you know, somebody's going to have something. And um, it, yeah, it's just a really uncertain time. All right. Lois Coward, executive director of Niganaki, a daycare in the core area of the city. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. We got a text message from Arthur at 204-780-6868. We've been talking about exercise this morning, and Arthur says, my favorite exercise, pushing myself away from the table after a disappointing meal. <laughs> and that's It's funny, but in a world where many gyms are now closed, what now? Because I fear that I'm just going to start going through the drive-thru and I'm going to become like my 
others show the couch potatoes and go back to that lifestyle. So, I mean, McNabb, you've got a gym membership uh, at that place in Bridgewater, Altea, right? Yeah, they've closed. They just sent us a note yesterday. Uh, they've closed for temporarily closed. Right now, we don't have to pay our fees, but I don't know how they stay afloat, first of all, when we're not paying them, but then they have to come back to service. And then I don't know what I'll do for uh, exercise and all the rest. I saw someone post again, funny but not funny meme, meme that beach bodies are off for this year. No one needs to worry about a beach body because there's other things to worry about, but also no place to get fit. Yeah, I've got a membership at Planet Fitness. They're closed. I've got a gym in the basement of my apartment building, but it, along with the pool, are closed. Mackling, you've got a membership on the uh, the non-coat rack treadmill in your basement, correct? Well, I've been corrected. This is how frequently <clears throat> I use this piece of equipment. Jackie comes downstairs. She goes, you know, it's not a treadmill. It's an elliptical stair climber machine. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How did you get that wrong? There's one you're stepping and the other you're walking or running. Like I said, I just, you know, that's, that's just how, how much use I use it. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then I ask again, what do we do now? All right. And the person who's going to help us answer that question is, of course, our friend Catherine McKenzie from Surefire Fitness. We need some strategies to avoid going back into hibernation. Good morning, Catherine. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Okay, it's the big question, and I'm sure it's kind of an easy answer. What do we do? Yeah, well, it's time to get a little bit creative. Uh, and I guess most of us have things in our home that we can actually use to help us out with that home workout so that we avoid becoming a couch potato, as Brett alluded to. Um, but also remembering that the only thing that you really need is your body. You can actually get a really good workout with no equipment whatsoever in a minimal amount of space. So. Not to panic there, there's lots you can do with just yourself, whether it's just doing some upper body work on the floor or some core exercises, whether you're standing or on the, on the ground, or doing some cardio exercises where you're just running on the spot, jumping jacks, all kinds of little drills like that that you can incorporate. Catherine, uh, I've seen some very ingenious videos. Brett uh, referenced it earlier. Uh, I think uh, Loren, one of you, one of you sent it to me yesterday. It was absolutely brilliant. Gentleman sprinkling just a tiny little bit of water on the floor in front of his kitchen sink, and then a little bit of soap, and basically made an impromptu treadmill. Absolutely brilliant. I don't know how safe it is for people of a certain age, but there are lots of ways to get creative. Like you say, you don't necessarily need equipment. Yeah. So if you get creative as this gentleman did with his uh, floor treadmill, um, you can actually use socks or hockey socks to do slider type exercises as if you had a slide board. I wouldn't necessarily recommend the soap and water, but that is an option. For resistance training, if you have a toolbox or if you have any bands or tubing or even just you can uh, use empty pop bottles, fill them with water, and you can throw those in a sturdy backpack and use that as kind of a weighted vest kind of idea that you could add to your body for um, extra resistance for training. And then your kids. So a lot of us have kids that might be at home right now. They should also be involved with the workout, but if your child is small enough, they can also be a tool to add as resistance to your exercises. What, like start bench pressing your eight-year-old? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, she's serious. Oh, boy. I don't know if I could do that. You know, Catherine, I think we have, a lot of us probably have the tools at home. I know I've got bands and, and weights and, and whatnot that I've purchased over the years and maybe haven't used as I should. And then you mentioned the things that you can use, like the toolbox or, or different things that might help out. But there's also something mental. And, and Trev just texted us to say, 
I do five sit-ups every morning. I do more, but there's a limit to how many times a guy can press the snooze button. <laughs> and I know he's making a joke, but it's also mind over matter. It's, it's easy in these times when you're stressed to say, you know what, I'm going to worry about that later. I'll just eat what I want, drink what I want, and push all this to June or July. It, it's going to be psychologically different to keep yourself motivated in this way. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, is that physical activity is often an outlet to help us relieve the stress of things that are going on in the world around us. And so it's really important not to let that slide as much as possible. For sure, your workout might not be the same as it usually is, but it it, it is really good for your overall well-being to kind of disconnect and unplug for a little bit, maybe sweat a little bit if you can. Um, there are lots of apps and other things you can refer to if you're looking for a little bit of extra motivation or guidance outside of what you could create on your own. Uh, I know a lot of personal trainers are doing online programming. Uh, I've moved all my fitness classes to uh, a video conference center where everyone can work out at home and follow along with me if they want to do their uh, their classes as usual. So there are options out there if you're searching for a bit of outside motivation. You referenced, uh, you, you know, using pop bottles, uh, fill them up with water, whatever, and then put them in a bag and use that to, as a way for strength training to lift weights. Yeah. But are, are there any, in terms of trying to be creative with the things you have in your home, if you don't actually have proper dumbbells or barbells, is there anything you would recommend against trying? Like, to, don't do this because you, you could risk, you know, hurting yourself or just doing it wrong, doing the technique wrong? Yeah, I... It, I... That's a tricky question because I don't want to assume what people might come up with. <laughs> but I guess just be mindful and intelligent. And if you are uncertain in any way, you can contact a fitness professional who would be more than willing to send a video your way and show you proper technique. Or there are thousands of videos online that if you're not sure how to do something or a way to adapt something, that you could probably do that research yourself. The last thing you want to do is hurt yourself trying to be overly creative. So the idea is to move, but not to get injured. Catherine, I heard from one of my our listeners this morning who said, you know, I was feeling a little uneasy this morning, as was I mentioned it earlier in the show. And I did just a few calisthenics just to kind of loosen up my upper body and to get my body moving. And I did jump on the, I got to look at the notes here, elliptical <laughs> uh, during one of our breaks this morning. And you know what? It's really done a great job of reducing that stressful inner energy that I was feeling this morning. Yeah, and there's something to that. Uh, that's not an accident. Any type of movement will kind of get you out of that headspace and force you to think about what you're doing and the way you're moving. Um, and getting a bit of sweat on will definitely help reduce that stress. I always tell people the hardest thing is to start, but you'll never regret doing a little bit of exercise or a workout or some physical activity. Catherine McKenzie is with Surefire Fitness. The website is surefirefitness.ca. Catherine, thank you for the tips. You've given us some good ideas here. We'll hopefully follow through on them. Yeah, you bet. All right, Catherine, thanks so much for joining us. And we've got, we got a lot of text messages, too. One of the most popular ones, I think, was uh, just going for a walk. Mm -hmm. No better exercise than a walk or a bike ride outside on a beautiful day. Good for the body and mind. Uh, yeah, like anytime I feel just kind of like I'm maybe going to nod off, but I don't want to fall asleep. I will just get up. I'll go for a walk, get the fresh air, take in the sights. It helps calm me down, helps calm my anxiety, gives me an energy boost, all that. So it's not strenuous, but it'll keep you moving. And it's also the thing, I don't know about you, but when I, di when I do go for that workout or the walk or the run, 
then it, it keeps me from eating badly later because I'm like, well, I already did. I don't want to negate all this work I just did today by cracking into that bag of chips. But when you're not working out and you're a little bit stressed, it's really easy to say, to heck with everything. Let's treat this like Christmas. And I don't mean because we're happy, but I mean, you know how you let things slide for yep. a month? I, I, that's, I think, how people are potentially going to treat this next few weeks. Do you have someone who can take care of your kids after the daycare is closed? And so far, 72% say my kids are old enough to be home alone. 17% say yes. 10% say no. And we've got that poll on Twitter as well. It's a bit more divided there. 25% say yes. 34% say no. And 40% say my kids are 12 or older. Cast your vote, cjob.com. On Twitter at 680CJOB, we also put up modified versions of that poll on Facebook and on Instagram. And right now at 204-780-6868, we would invite you to call us and let us know what is your number one concern as it pertains to coronavirus. Is it... The fact that you're going to have issues with childcare. Are you concerned with your finances? Are you worried about actually catching COVID-19? Are you worried about keeping your distance? Let us know. 204-780-6868. Lines are open right now to talk to us on the start. Yeah, I think that, I don't know about you, Greg, but every single moment of every single day for the past few days, my, where where I rank those things shifts, right? You have that concern mm. about your health. And then right now I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my kids tomorrow? And then there's our jobs. You know, I'm, we're going to test working from home for me tomorrow. Will that technology work? Then I, then we talked to Catherine in the last segment and I was like, you're right. I'm, I'm not going to, my mental health is going to suffer because I won't be able to exercise. Like I just, I'm, I'm all over the place with it. Well, I go to kind of the business thing and the whole idea, and I don't run my life this way by any stretch, but I'm trying to think about it in terms of controlling the controllables, control the things that you can control. That's why I applaud everybody's doing everything that they can, anybody who's... Uh, going above and beyond. That includes our company for going above and beyond to keep us safe. And, and there's a, there's a secondary benefit to that, right? We want to stay on the air. We want to continue to bring you the information that you require and that you trust CGOB to bring you. But as an aside, I'm very grateful to have an organization that has leapt to the challenge here and to make sure that we can be working separate from one another. We don't want to be apart from one another, but here we are. And then there are other companies. My wife's company is doing the same. She's working from home. And so to all the corporations, to all the small businesses that are doing the little things that make it easier for us to make the right decisions, I think that's going to go a long way in terms of flattening this curve and how long we have to mm-hmm. deal with this. And then you think about all the other little things that that you can control within your home, like the schedule that we spoke with Dr. Kirsten Worth about creating that structure within your home. And then, of course, it's finances. And a big, big announcement here uh, from the big banks. Uh, Neil, uh, I don't even know. I've never even heard of this this guy before. So uh, please uh, accept my apologies. Neil Parmenter has tweeted out, that there is going to be support for Canadians. Here's here's his tweet. Effective immediately, BMO, CIBC, National Bank, RBC, Scotiabank, TD Canada will offer support for Canadians impacted by COVID-19, including a six-month payment deferral for mortgages and opportunity for relief on other credit products. 
talk and, and to indeed, your bank. And indeed, we did hear uh, from Mike Armstrong telling us that this morning as well. If you're just tuning in, Greg reiterating uh, that huge announcement. Let's go to the phones at 204-780-6868. Jesse, good morning to you. What is your concern as it pertains to COVID-19? Hi. So my concern is I work in healthcare in Manitoba here. And so they're telling the public that if you're traveling, you need to go on quarantine for 14 days. Yet we have staff that has traveled, many, many staff, and they're not allowed to go on quarantine. We're only allowed to be doing self-monitoring because they're saying that if we they have that many staff on self-quarantine, then they would not have enough staff working in the hospital. So to me, that's a big concern that what the public gets to self-isolate if they've been traveling. But people in healthcare, if you've been traveling, you're still expected to come to work. Well, Jesse, first of all, thank you for what you do. That's a pretty real concern. We've heard from other people this morning talking about the idea that some people are should be self-isolating and could and aren't. And so your concern must be that what would that do to the spread if people are coming back from other countries and working within the system? Mm-hmm. Like, I have a couple co-workers that were working yesterday that only came back a couple days ago from Mexico, from Los Angeles, and they're told they just have to self-monitor their symptoms. Wow. All right, Jesse, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks. All right, let's try Joseph at 204-780-6868. Good morning, Joseph. What's your concern as it pertains to COVID-19? Um, actually, it, revol- it involves actually, you know, the U.S. is really actually sickeningly not prepared for this as well. And they have 330 million people. So when their health care system fails, we have a porous border. If these people start becoming more irregular border crossers, we're legally obligated to try to treat them. What are we going to do? Good question, Joseph. We're going to get some answers on some of the border questions today. Thank you for that, Joseph. And that announcement from the Prime Minister on possible border changes and an economic package and the big banks and all the rest coming uh, within the next couple of hours. Brett, who do we have? Melissa is up next at 204-780-6868. Hi, Melissa. Hello there. Um, my concern is that I live in a condo unit of 50-plus uh, person people, and the snowbirds are all coming back now. Two from Palm Springs have arrived in the last two days. One from Arizona and another one coming in from Arizona, hopefully by Friday if they get across the border. Now we're going to have to, like we're all living under one roof, and there's one guy that just came from the Philippines. He's staying with family, and we're starting to get paranoid over it. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, they, they're, they're, hopefully they self-isolate, but they're self-isolating in proximity to you. Exactly, like two neighbors, and it's like, my goodness, if we go out, uh, we've been using wipes in the unit, like, you know, when we go down to our garage, to our cars and everything like that, like, my husband's immune system is compromised as it is, and I'm still working, and I'm at a point, like, do I not go to school and work because of my husband? That's very fair. 
we've been talking to people who have immune uh, issues or worried about their system being compromised. From what we hear from health officials, just to reiterate, it's not something you can catch when you just walk past someone or in passing. It's not airborne in that way. We have been told repeatedly you have to be within that sort of two-meter zone for a prolonged period, which they consider 10 minutes. But, you know, we have another update today with the health authorities, uh, Melissa, and we'll work to get some answers to those questions as to just what some general best practices might be for someone like yourself. So stay tuned. Thank you very much. Elaine, you're up next. What's your concern? Yep, you've probably answered part of my question, but my clear understanding was exactly what your co-worker there said. But I had adult grandchildren having a fit on me yesterday that said it would as a world, whatever, of health, like scientific thing, that it isn't just, you know, droplets on surfaces and so forth, that it's airborne, that they could pass you, be with you in this, you know, whatever. And I know we're not supposed to be crowded, but she said that's an update and it's true and that you have all these people that could be walking around carrying it. It was like pretty, you know, like, I don't know what you call that scary sort of thing. People coming back, um, being told don't get tested unless, uh, you know, you have signs. So she says you've got all these people that could be carrying it. So anywhere you go, it's airborne, you breathe, you get it. So I just thought that that should be kind of clarified and made really strongly out to people so they're not more nervous than they are. That's all. All right. Thank you so much, Elaine. We've got time for one more. Let's go to Frank at 204-780-6868. Morning, Frank. Morning. Uh, my concern is, you know, they announced all the cuts, you know, to casinos, daycares, all these people out of work, but there was nothing mentioned about any income support for all these people that are now out of work. It's tens of thousands of people. Yeah, it's a big worry for everybody. Again, uh, in terms of the daycare and people not working or having to pay daycare, I'm not sure how that's going to work. The province said yesterday, the family's uh, ministry said they're working to f- with daycares to figure out how that's going to work. Are they going to help daycares financially so parents don't have to pay? We-, we don't know the answer to that yet. And then when it comes to people who are out of work, we again are expecting the finance minister, the federal finance minister, to make an announcement later this morning that might help people at least with quicker access to EI. Uh, we know the mortgages, uh, big banks are uh, delaying mortgages or deferring them for six months if you so choose. There are measures coming into place. But boy, it, you know, depending on how long this goes on, your worry could be around for a month or two from now. So thank you for calling in. Yeah, well, well I mean, Pallister said everybody's out of work, but not one mention of helping people out financially. Yeah, no, it's a big question mark hanging over everyone's heads. All right, thanks. Frank, thank you, and thanks to everyone who called. We don't we don't have time to, to get to Bob and Nick, uh, but you know what? Stand by. I'll talk to you off the air here. It's Mackling working from home. Are you in your PJs today, Mac? No, I got up. I have a shower. Like I said, I've got CJOB issue gear on here. I'm trying to keep this as regular as usual, you guys. I, I'm, I'm doing my absolute best to not fall into that trap that I'm, you know, on vacation here. We're not on vacation. And that's the, that's, that's the rule around this house, too. I got to go shake my kids out of bed, speaking so, of which. You're not in pajamas right now? No. Oh, Sweatpants? No, I have jeans. I have running uh, shoes on. I'm, uh, I'm I'm ready to go, man. You're even wearing shoes? Yes. Wow. I just yes. this is not how I want to live my life working from home. <laughs> hey, check your check your email, McNabb. One of our loyal listeners, Jeff, just sent a picture of what it's going to look like at your house tomorrow, working from home. I love it. It's a pic- <laughs> it's a it's a picture of a woman on a computer, and her three kids are on the floor. Tied and bound, like as if they've just been <laughs> kidnapped. Yeah, you know what? The difference now is that people are, are going to be hopefully 
accommodating to the idea that they might hear some outside noises, but as long as you don't hear the toilet flush, that's my main concern. Yeah, and we, I saw something on Instagram as well, in CJOB's Instagram feed, somebody had posted, after day one of homeschooling, I'm hoping to see if I can get this kid transferred to another class. <laughs> <laughs> We got a text from Kelly here who says, Good morning, guys. Sure would be nice to get some better information regarding the mortgage deferrals. I deal at TD. I called the telebanking line to get information. They said I had to contact my branch. And then they said they didn't have any information and transferred me back to the telebanking. Who then, again, instructed me to contact my branch. That's, that's, I, hey, I get it. That's super frustrating. And I'm trying very hard not to be too defensive of the big banks or Trudeau for walking out late or anything like that, Brett. But this was just announced this morning, and it's the president of the Bakers, Bankers Association who said the measures are effective immediately. But then what's the trickle down of that from those, you know, the top guy in Toronto or wherever the mm-hmm. headquarters might be to the, to the banks? But the problem when you do make announcements like that and your staff aren't prepared you have folks like our listener who then immediately want to know the answers because they're worried or they need the help now. Indeed. So they're probably still working all of those details out. But right now, we want to focus on small, medium and independent business, which is the heartbeat of our economy. Think about some of the stories we've been sharing with you over the past few days. Conversations with business owners who are making extremely difficult decisions in order to keep their employees and their patrons safe to try to keep us all healthier. For example, I just uh, got a message on Twitter at Brett McGarry from Rosario Cesario, who's over at the Pure Escape, where I got my massage Mm. last week. An incredible small business. He's built it over 20 years, but the Massage Therapy Association uh, said no more massages. Uh, So he's scared. He's scared he's going to have to start over. So here's the deadline from a release and a connection to a report the Canadian Federation of Independent Business sent out yesterday. Half of small firms report a drop in sales due to COVID-19. A quarter say they will not survive a month with a big drop in income. We want to look through that report and really bring the humans to the forefront here and give it a human context with Jonathan Alward, who's with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. He's, of course, the Director of Public Affairs for Manitoba's branch. Good morning, Jonathan. Well, thanks for having me. You can't look at these numbers and not just kind of feel your stomach drop as far as they are going to drop. Yeah, and like we've been hearing it the last week, week and a half, two weeks, uh, especially here in Manitoba in the last week. When the numbers come out, though, it becomes very real, and we've been keeping a really close eye on them since. Uh, It's definitely not getting better uh, today. And in Manitoba, for those that have been impacted, the average cost has been about $44,000 already. So we're really trying to call on governments, call on consumers to support small business right now. Jonathan, it's no secret that I spent a good chunk of my adult life in the hospitality industry. I was a restaurant guy, I owned restaurant, a restaurant of my own. I was a manager. I was a server. I did it, did everything, started as a, as a bus boy. And, you know, I can remember one night we had a situation where we were without power for about five hours at at the restaurant I was managing and made the difficult decision to, to close early one night. And our regional manager came in for a visit and he said, Mackling, why did you close on Monday night? Oh, we were without power. Long story short, he conveyed to me in crystal clear and concise language that one bad night when you're planning to do two or three or four, $5,000 in sales can cost you your business, if you're not careful, it's that thin at times for some of these operators, Jonathan. Yeah, and look at just yesterday. That was one of the, you know, uh, St. Patrick's Day, one of the biggest days of the year for a lot of uh, 
bars, pubs, restaurants, and some in some provinces even were forced to sh- shut down, and others, you know, even measures to to uh, try and keep up their sales, like delivering, you know, they're not going to replace that at all. It is very, very dire. I've been talking to a lot of restaurant owners across the city, even just yesterday, Bernstein's Deli. They're doing the, all they can to, to pivot and, and try and find uh, new ways to get to their customers, but they need the help today. What are you hoping to see from government? Well, and, and hopefully the rumors are there's going to be a significant announcement today, but uh, CFIB, along with a few other business organizations across the country, are really calling for a lot of help for um, wage subsidies for employees. You know, most of our members in in Manitoba and across the country have fewer than 10 employees. Like, you know, restaurants in particular, they're so close-knit. The, uh, the ownership, the managers know their staff so well and they care about them. The last thing they want to do is lay them off. So help to get their employees going. Any other tax relief, tax deferrals even, you know, the thought that there's still a carbon tax increase planned uh, to come in on April 1st. Um, that's the last thing business owners can can do right now uh, with all the other costs and, and revenue uh, losses that they're facing. There's the uh, cash injection that's so badly needed and quicker access to EI for folks and, and mortgage deferrals and all the rest, Jonathan. But then the weight of all this is going to weigh heavily on business owners, staff, employees, Canadians. There's the mental health aspect to it, too, which, you know, I, I'm the daughter of a small business owner and I know all too well just the stress that comes on an ordinary day, let alone now. Yeah, well, and that's exactly. And I, I know yesterday we were fielding calls from from members who are right now looking at reducing staff hours, or you know, unfortunately having to lay staff off, shut their doors altogether. Thirty uh, or forty three percent, rather, have already uh, as of Monday reduced hours for staff, and they don't make those decisions lightly. They want to support their staff. Um, they want to keep everything afloat. I think. The big thing is whenever this pandemic is over and and life is returning you know back to more normal, um, they want to make sure that there's a business there for those employees to come back to as well and it it weighs heavily on them, so certainly I think business owners across the country are going to be paying very close attention to what's announced today. yeah, some small business owners, a lot of people don't realize they're the last ones to get paid. They pay their hourly staff. They pay their fixed uh, expenses first. They do all the things they need to do to keep the lights on and the, and the doors open. And then they pay their hourly staff. And what's left over is, is what they take home. And that's not all business, but most small business, Jonathan. That's exactly how it works. And how, how many millions of Canadians are we talking about that, that work in small and medium-sized business? Brett mentioned it. This is the heartbeat of our economy. How many people are we talking about? Yeah, I, I think about... Uh, half uh, across the country. Um, I believe it's about 70% of the private sector workforce. It is an astronomical amount. Same thing here in Manitoba. And it's it's more than that, though. When you think about small businesses, they're so integral to our communities. They are, you know, restaurants, for example, you know, if you if someone's visiting Winnipeg, you're you're showing them a small business, your favorite one in your neighborhood to go to. Um, they give us cultural identity there are community volunteers there are you know philanthropists are donating back to the community um this is just going to have a, a really significant terrible impact on on all that but we want to make sure that we're encouraging customers to go out and support their local business you know many restaurants are closing down 
but many of your favorite restaurants are probably still open. They're probably now offering takeout or, or online, same with a lot of retail shops. Uh, a lot of retail shops, you can still get them on the phone and get that excellent service and expertise that you're used to with a small business. So certainly all the listeners out there, please think local and support your local businesses at this difficult time. All right, Jonathan Allward joining us live on 680 CJOB of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Director of Public Affairs for the Manitoba Branch. Thank you very much, sir. Well, thanks for having me. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, here's one text message worth pointing out at 204-780-6868. Gas is 73.9. This uh, coming from a listener who says it's the co-op at St. Norbert. Loren, you, though, teased another text message uh, where you said it was a situation that's near dire. Yeah, well, this listener wrote in to say that I am self-employed as a vintage antique dealer. Most of my income comes from selling at the markets, like the one at the Assiniboine Downs. She says, I only work eight to ten times a year, and three of my biggest sales of the year have been cancelled. I supplement my income by selling at the two antique malls in town, which have now closed down. If I didn't have a personal line of credit, I would quickly be bankrupt. Instead, I will have a debt that will take years to pay off. It's insane, and this makes me one of the lucky ones. And I'm imagining it's because they're referring to the fact they have the line of credit sitting there, so you at least have access to that cash. You're still going into debt, though. Still not making any money, still not knowing when this is going to end. Yeah, and we got a text here from Rui as well, who uh, actually has been on our show before talking about technology. Uh, the name of your business escapes me, Rui. I think it's nothing but tech. I'll have to look that up. I'm sorry, buddy. But Rui says, I'm thinking about my business. I'm really not sure what to think. So if you're a small business owner, we would love to hear from you. But Greg, when you talked about how closing down for just one night uh, could make the difference. And uh, and you painted a, a good picture of your regional manager uh, putting it into succinct language. I, but I, I am curious, was was it angry language? No, it wasn't angry. It was just a realization. It was a, a life lesson, a business lesson that I've carried with me for 24 years, just how fragile things are for small business owners. And I, and I lived it. And I'm trying to keep my composure here. But I closed a restaurant that had four or five employees and I can remember handing them pieces of equipment because I couldn't afford to pay them Mm. what I owed them on the last day. And I know there are hundreds of people out there right now who this is breaking their heart and it's causing stress in their own family lives. Uh, but it's because of how much they care about the people that work for them and the idea of letting them down makes them absolutely sick to their stomach. And if you're in that boat, I just, you know, I understand how you're feeling today. And, um, yeah, there's sometimes you just have these stark reminders of those experiences of your past that shape who you are. And, um, yeah, that's just a couple of stories that just have always uh, stuck with me for the last couple of decades. No one wants to go into their work and be laid off. And and for, the, I would like to think 99.9% of any employers or businesses don't want to walk into work and be the one to do the laying off. It doesn't feel good for anyone. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And I know that doesn't make it any better being on the other side of it, knowing that it's difficult for the person doing it, having to make the decision. It's probably one of the toughest decisions they'll ever make in their lifetime. 
Um, but yeah, this is, this is why we need society now to step up and the government to step up and to do all the things that they need to do to pull out all the stops to ensure that uh, we're going to get through this and that we do get through it. And we need to support whatever local businesses we can while they are still open. So if you know of a local business that you want to support, you can let us know which one it is, 204-780-6868, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a tech place like Nothing But Tech from Rui here. Feel free to let us know, 204-780-6868. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.